Is your home or apartment in need of a glow-up, but current furniture prices, crazy shipping fees, and long delivery wait times have been holding you back from creating the space of your dreams? If so, you might want to check out Home.com. Based right here in Fort Worth, Home has hundreds of chairs, sofas, recliners, home office furniture, and more in stock and ready to ship to your door. Exclusively for Corks and Cowtown listeners, enter offer code COWTOWN at checkout and save 15% off your entire order. Shipping is always free and delivery is guaranteed in 10 business days or less. Go to home.com. That's H-U-L-A-L-A home.com. Welcome to Corks and Cowtown, where everything is poppin'. Grab your drinks. The show is about to begin. Well, howdy, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Corks and Cowtown. I am joined in studio today with someone new that I just need to introduce y'all to because I feel like she's going to be a recurring guest, and that is... Hi, my name is Devora Crystal, and I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Robin. Yes, I'm so excited. Okay, so we actually met through Tanglewood Moms. Yes. Because I was asking for guests that actually had something to say, <laughs> and you did not have an issue stepping up to the plate, and I appreciated that. So, can you give us a little bit of background about who you are, what you do, and why we're here today? Okay, great. Yes. So, I'm grateful to the Tanglewood Moms yes. in the Facebook group. <laughs> um, so, uh, I moved up here, Fort Worth, from Austin about three and a half years ago. Um, and I have my own solo uh, estate planning practice. So what that means is I draft um, wills, powers of attorney, um, uh, trusts, and uh, help families and individuals with their estate plans. And part of being successful in this kind of law is who you know. And um, most clients come to an attorney from a um, referral. Mm-hmm. And so when I moved up here, I got really excited and I joined the bar and I was actually even planning an event at my own house for the bar. And then COVID. Hit. Oh, yeah, we know. What? I feel like everyone has a COVID story. Right. So basically locked down for a year and a half and uh, really did get in the way with um, trying to get out there and meet people. Mm -hmm. So I kind of took a step back and uh, we decided to, um, in our house, my daughter was in high school and she went to high school from home and we got chickens and ducks and started fostering dogs. Oh, yes. And then I started taking up painting. And um, I really still wanted to do estate planning and was looking for opportunities there where I could reach out and also just educate people. Yeah. Give people a sense of the important documents because they're, they're essential for everyone, no matter what. Agreed. Right. So I feel really lucky to be able to do this now. I lived in Austin nine and a half years before this. Um, and then, um, well, just to back up. <laughs> if you want to go from the very beginning. So I was born in, in New York. Mm -hmm. I was born in New York City, raised in Long Island. And then uh, I went to school in Los Angeles. I went Just to bouncing from coast to coast. Yeah, exactly. So I went uh, to USC, went straight to Los Angeles and um, got a degree in psychology. And um, I really wanted to go live in Israel. So... Um, I went and visited and studied there. And then when I graduated, I wanted to go and live in Israel. And then that's when the Gulf War broke out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I kind of put that You've on. kind of seen it all. <laughs> well, put it like, on hold. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so I wound up not going at that point. And uh, I went to graduate school mm -hmm. in San Francisco. And I did women's studies and feminist theology. Oh, Okay. I was like, we can definitely get into some stuff then, I feel like. Yeah. I was like, I feel like there's not going to be any issue of things we cannot discuss. Yeah. Well, it isn't exactly marketable. But the good part was I decided to go to Israel and to become a citizen and live on a kibbutz. Really? Yeah. How long were you there? So I was there for two and a half years. And uh, the kibbutz was in the Upper Galilee. Uh, it's a kibbutz Hanaton. Uh, near Nazareth, 
And um, then my son was born there. He's actually born in a hospital in Nazareth. Oh, wow. Yeah, 27 years ago, 27 and a half years ago. And what we found out that is my son, Elon, is deaf. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the best way to um, really give him all the resources was to move back to the States. Where, yeah. Where I, I could manage the system and the language and I had family. So we moved back uh, to California when he was a year old. Um, and he, I didn't know anything about the deaf community. I didn't, I had never met a deaf person in my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I started researching and meeting people. And I read this amazing book by Oliver Sacks, Dr. Oliver Sacks. He passed away a few years ago, uh, a neurologist. And he okay. studied diseases of the brain. Um, you know, the movie Awakening with Robin Williams. That's based on his life. Oh, wow. Okay. Dr. Oliver Sacks. Yeah. I, and so uh, he wrote a book called Seeing Voices about how the brain works and, and how it, the deaf community. Yeah. And I was so moved that it encouraged me to go to the California School for the Deaf in Fremont, uh, just across the bridge from like um, Stanford, from San Francisco area. And uh, I was just incredibly blown away. And when I brought my son there, and at this point he's about a year old. And he looks around and he sees everyone signing. And it's like he looked at me with the eyes that said, thank you. Oh, I love that. I'm home. Yeah. My people. I get this. this. That's so wild. And I just knew at that point. Okay. Like this is it. Like is this it? is the right thing to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Air goes, you know. I'm not- that had to give you like so much comfort though. Yes and no, because I had to change my mind's plan. I wasn't going to go back to Israel. I was going to have a very different life than the Mm -hmm. one I had planned, not better or worse. But when I looked at him looking around and seeing his language in a way, his brain could understand it. I knew that that is where I needed to be. Well, I mean, I think it's good because so many people don't make those sacrifices and do things for their children. And you took the step that I think most children appreciate, which was let's make sure that you get everything that you need. Yeah, I think, to, you know, to be fair, I was very lucky because I had lived in a country where I didn't really speak the language and didn't really understand. I knew what it felt like yeah. not to be included in, in, in conversations, to be a linguistic minority. Um, and, you know, people would think, oh, she doesn't understand. How could she not understand if she's stupid? Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, no, I just don't know this language well enough yet. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, it takes time. Yeah. And with Elon, because he's deaf, his, he's bringing in language through his eyes. Mm-hmm. That's his information. So it's not like he can meet someone who's speaking halfway. Yeah, exactly. And so even when he was a little guy, he would divide the world not into deaf and hearing because he didn't have those concepts down. But he understood that you could either sign or not sign. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. He thought, well, you could either do what's right or not do what's right. Mm -hmm. He didn't think there was a deaf person or a hearing person. He just knew there were people who could communicate with him and people who chose not to communicate. Okay. Gotcha. So, I mean, he really taught me a lot. And then I started getting very involved in and started working at a school, volunteering. Mm -hmm. And then I worked in the special needs department of the high school. And I started understanding a little about the ADA, um, Mm -hmm. and I... Which is Americans with Disabilities Act. Right. Yeah. That was fairly new at the time. You know, it it was passed, I believe, in 1990, so it was only five years old. Mm -hmm. Do you know? I mean, no, right. Right. He was born in 1995, right. So it was a fairly new law, and I got so interested in it, I got just drawn into it, and I thought, what if I could go to law school? It was just a thought that floated across my brain. And then, of course, I said, no, I'm too old. I'm 30. I have a, I have a three-year-old. There's no way I can do this. It's just too ambitious. I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't have the resources. And then I had this kind of epiphany, which is more like a epiphany, duh, because <laughs> for, I just thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to show up and do my part. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to study for the LSATs and I'm going to sit and take it and then just hope that happens. Yeah. Because so many times in life, 
what we need to do is just meet life halfway. Yes, I totally agree with that. Yes. And this is a, a quote from Dr. Louis Pasteur that's really guided my life that my uncle had taught me uh, or had used this quote many times in his life. Um, and it was that life favors the prepared mind. I agree with that. Right. So we can't control the outside circumstances, mm -hmm. but we can have ourselves ready for an opportunity that may come by. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm maybe miraculous, but I took the exam and then a school opened up in Florida uh, where uh, Elon's grandparents lived and um, I got in. And I just started going. And I, after living on a kibbutz and that kind of work <laughs> and being an at-home mom, I thought law school was the best. Really? The best three years of my life. I loved it. I loved it. I don't moment. think I've ever met anyone that said, like, law school was the best thing that they've ever done. Right. Because I feel like, and that's the thing, but that's why I feel like you're so passionate about what you do is because you actually found, like, joy in it and you, like, purpose. Yes. Yeah. Well, after working on a kibbutz, kibbutz is a collective farm. Mm -hmm. And so you really work hard. And we had industry and animals and um, a refit, which is cows. And then we had uh, pardes, which is um, uh, different kind of archer, orchards, uh, citrus orchards for export. So there's so much work to do all the time. Mm -hmm. That law school just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like I can sit and study. Oh my goodness. It was so lovely. I absolutely yeah. felt like it was just a slice of heaven. I mean, I think everything is, you know, relative as we know from Einstein, yeah. but really in a personal experience, I felt like it was such an opportunity mm -hmm. and I had visions of what I could maybe do with this degree, which is open up some um, avenues for the deaf community. Yeah. So that's kind of the long of the short. No, question. I was like, but see, this is why I was like, I wanted to at least give everyone like a little glimpse because I know that we've talked about multiple different areas of your life and things you've experienced. And I want to go back to a lot of those. But I also know we talked about doing this because the holidays are near and the holidays come with, I feel like, first of all, we've already said like a lot of emotion, a lot of moving pieces, unfortunately, sometimes a lot of tragedy and things as well along with also a lot of enjoyment. And so going along with that, I know that I had some listeners write in questions and because people just don't. Here's the thing. I feel like whenever you basically turn 21, you should have like an attorney on standby, which is crazy to me because that's something I never would have thought of. But it is. You're just like, there's so many people out there that like give you information that isn't true. And then it's like you believe them. And then when it comes down to it, you're wrong. And it's like, okay, well, if you just gone about it the right avenue the first time, maybe you wouldn't be there. That's a great point. And I think it's a lot of about access to information. Now, some people grow yes. up in families where they have lawyers or uncles or lawyers or. Mm -hmm. And so they're they get this incidental information just being in their household or or they'll get bits and pieces from books or movies. Yes. But I think you're right. I, I think, you know, in, in an ideal world, we have some basic information about law, about medicine, mm -hmm. about education. But then there's so many different variations and types. Yes. Which yes. is what's crazy to yes. me. Yes. I mean, I can't encourage enough people to go to law school and not because to be a lawyer, but like for an education yeah, standpoint? Yeah, it's a good training for the mind. It's a very good way to approach a situation. Mm -hmm. And really, in so many respects, a lawyer is a problem solver. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes to you with an issue, and because of our training, we can break it down. And there's this way they teach us when you start law school, they call it Iraq, which is issue is the I, R is the rule, A is the analysis, um, and then C is the conclusion. So it's I-R-A-C. So if you come to me with a problem, so let's give an example of, you know. Oh, it's like I can come up with plenty of these. So, okay, right. so like here's one that um, around the holidays, like say divorced couples. And you tell me if this is one that we can like kind of dive into, at least as far as like it's an issue. So divorced couples as far as like 
say, planning time around the holidays with children, I know becomes an issue. So like this one example I got was the father of these two children is an alcoholic, but he, there's not been enough evidence presented in court, even though the kids have had evidence, even these are like high schoolers that their father is drinking and they still have to go be in a car with him, be with him around the holidays and all of this when they're like, I don't feel safe. Right. So like as an attorney hearing this and like say there's obviously a concerned mother involved and she's like, I can't do anything. Like I keep presenting this evidence and they're just like, it's just not enough. So what would some advice you would say be to do? Okay. So just to back, first of all, I think that's a very common scenario. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it really is, unfortunately. And it's also a very heartbreaking scenario. So just to back up a little bit. So law is divided into different types. Yes. So what and this you, is what we were saying. Is, yeah, yeah. So what you're talking about right now is basically family law. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is funny because family law is often divorce law. Yes. Right? Because you, if you're happily married, you're usually not going to a family exactly. lawyer. Right? So, um, yeah. So in terms of like uh, custody or possession, as they call it in Texas, um, it's usually the court has an order. Mm-hmm. So when the, when the couple got divorced and then they had to deal with the children, they go to court and there's an order. And that order with a capital O is the rule from the court mm-hmm. that can't be violated yes. or you have to go back to court. But what you can do, and it's it's there's no quick, right, clean answer. And every situation is different. Um, but there is the possibility of getting of, of of trying to get a hearing and um because verbal testimony is also testimony. Yeah. And also if the children wanted to speak to the judge, that would be an option. Cause is there an age limit that children can or cannot speak to a judge? Okay. Let me just give a big waiver okay, just yeah, because yeah. my my lawyer, <laughs> yes, my yes, lawyer yes. antennas just went up. So nothing that I'm saying now should be construed as giving legal advice. Okay. That people, absolutely, yes. Okay, so I have to give my waiver and that if, if if people are interested, they should contact an attorney because every situation is different. Mm-hmm. Uh and so in that situation, probably some some concept would be to uh to to talk to different attorneys to let them know what the situation is. Courts vary on how they let um, children talk to the judge. Sometimes the judge will do something we call in chambers where he'll call the child in and ask some questions. Sometimes they'll do it in open court. Sometimes they'll do it by a deposition, Mm -hmm. asking questions. Sometimes they'll do it at a deposition that's taped. So the child or through a video. So there's a million different ways, depending on the parties, the circumstances, the judge, the rules of that court. But there are options. Okay. There are options, but they're expensive, usually. You yes. have to see an attorney. And see, that's the thing I think that holds a lot of people back is that they're just like, I can't afford this, even though they're wanting to do the best thing for, say, their child, which kills me because it's just like you feel like you're in a lose-lose situation, ah, I which mean, is like heartbreaking. You're absolutely right, Robin. I mean, in a lot of respects, it's how much justice you can afford. Yeah. And how screwed up is that? Yeah. (laughs) And like just anywhere. It is. It's very unfortunate. It's just like medical care too. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I think it should be, everyone has the option of having themselves seen by a doctor when they're sick, but we know that's not the way it works. It's just not, unfortunately. Okay. So let's move on. Cause I know there was another one. So another thing that's very common around the holidays is engagements. So, but see, I feel like this one kind of goes into what we're going to get into, though, about like wills and things. So engagements happen, I feel like, quite often around the holidays. Now, heaven forbid that an engagement's broken off. Who keeps the ring? Well, I mean, I, I had an, I had a called off engagement. Okay, same. (laughs) And I gave back the ring. Because mm-hmm. I felt I wasn't carrying through with the promise, right? So that was sort of, it was sort of like with contract law, right? There's yeah. an offer. There's three elements mm-hmm. in contract law. There's an office. There's an offer. There's an acceptance. And then there's consideration. Consideration is anything of value. 
Okay. Right? So sort of the understanding was, yes, I'll marry, will you marry me? Yes, I'll marry you. Here's a ring to show that I will marry yeah. you. Um, so my feeling was, I'm not going to marry you. Here's your ring back. But, um, you know, I, I, I think it's very much up to the individuals because is it a gift? Right. Well, that's the thing is like, I've, the thing that I read the most is that it's technically considered a gift. And so my biggest thing is like, obviously you can choose to do what you think is right. But then at the same time, like say the engagement was called off due to cheating or something. I don't know. I might kind of want to keep the ring. Yeah. Just to be like, Hey, you know what? This is what you get now for that. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, it's just one of those situations that I feel like it also, once again, it varies on the situation, Absolutely. but just as far as, you know, law is considered, like that was kind of the question is who keeps the ring? Well, I, I don't, I mean, if it, a gift is a gift, mm-hmm. right. But I, I think it will depend on the person. I think it does get yeah. tricky. And if the person, let's say the man wants the ring back or the woman wants the ring back, depending on who gave the ring. Um, you know, there are ways you can go about it. But, um, you know, the way we look at it many times in law is that when you have to litigate something, everyone's failed. It's last ditch effort. It means mm-hmm. that we couldn't come to an understanding. We had to call in someone else to make that decision. And we often counsel clients and say, if you don't come to some kind of decision, you're going to call in a judge or a mediator who's going to make that decision for For you. you. Yes. Exactly. Like remember when you're a kid, Mm -hmm. they say, if you can't work it out, neither one of you will have it. Yeah. Or I'll decide. Yeah. It's not like you don't get to ask mom and dad and then like someone else decides. Yeah. Yeah. So the best way is if, because nobody wins in a lawsuit usually. Right. They say the lawyers win. Right. With yeah. Money. But sometimes it's necessary. It's necessary because it does change our society like airbags and, you know, um, and, and car manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they knew they were going to be sued. And so there are personal injury attorneys that will keep them accountable. And there are, you know, just look at the Me Too movement that mm-hmm. just took off in really like 2016, 2017 you know, women coming forward and using the judicial system to keep these men accountable. So Mm -hmm. it is an essential part of our democracy. No, absolutely. But I think it needs to be, when do we use it and how do we use it? Do we use it as a shield, a sword? Or do you be proactive with it? And who has access to it? So you're right. Do, should we all come in to have um, an attorney when we're 21 Ideally, yes. Yeah. But what we can do is have people like yourself who wants to get the message out and try to educate people about what their rights are, what some starting to think about different options. Yeah. And so I, I commend you for, for communicating and creating a platform to educate your listeners and the public, and especially with estate planning, which um, for me... The reason I feel so passionate about it is because it's a love letter to your family. Yes, absolutely. And it takes a grown up mm-hmm. to do this kind of work and to say, I understand that I'm mortal. I'm not going to live forever. And mm-hmm. I want to take care of my family and I want to take care of myself. Yes. So the reason it's hard to find clients is because I don't think many people, I don't think people want to think about their mortality. Right. Right. But. You're right. But also, like, I'm a planner. So to me, I'm like, well, I want to make sure everything's in line is which kind of like what you said is so many people are just like, well, I'm just living day to day. Like, I don't want to be thinking about those things. But the whole thing is you actually have a choice here of getting what you want versus it being handled by, say, a third party. Yeah. So I'll just give a a quick law 101 on estate planning. So if you die without a will, which many people do, the statistics are somewhere around 70% of people don't have a will or anything. 70%? Yeah. Stop. Well, if I you, did not think it would be that high. Well, oh, here, here's a test. Next time you go out to a party or, or lunch, just say, I'm taking a survey. I'm just wondering how many people here have drafted a will that's up to date? Oh, I guarantee you not a single one of my friends besides me has one. Exactly. <laughs> So that makes the 70% believable. Yeah. Right? So so 
you know, most people don't have it, but if you don't have it, it's and you die, it's called dying intestate, which is a fancy word of saying test state. Intestate. I-N-T-E-S-T-A-T. Okay. Intestate. So it's a fancy way, it's a law way of saying dying without a will. Okay. Right? It comes from um last will in and and in testament. testament. Yeah. Right. So in test not, oh, okay. gotcha, gotcha, not gotcha. having a will, right? So 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 we say so and so died in test state. Okay. Right? So they're dying without a will. In that case, the state of Texas has written you a will and it's in our statutes. What? Yes, yes. Okay, so, I need to know what this says. Yeah. So when we can read it next time or we can pull okay, it up yeah. on our phone. Uh, and it gets very complicated because we, in, in Texas, you know, we were, um, especially with a second marriage, who would get certain properties is going to oh. depend on how the legislature has set out what happens when someone dies who hasn't left a will. Okay. Now, when was the last time this was updated? Well, it's usually. Has it ever been updated? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, of I course. was like, I didn't know if it was like one of those things like Texas is far behind on a couple things. No, no. So. As far, I didn't know if it was one of those things that like it was written, you know, like in, in the 1920s no, and no, no. nothing's changed. Yeah. So it com- usually comes up when they have, when, leg- when the legislature is in session and it will, you know, they will change things or, and it's next time we come, we can talk about okay. what will happen. I can give you a scenario and walk you through what's going to happen. In fact, I did some work for the probate court in Austin, mm-hmm. court appointed work. So when someone dies without a will, as we said, it's called dying intestate, the, and you go to court and you have to deal with their property, right? How do you yeah. move the property from the person who died to the people who are alive, that the family members? Yeah. You go to court and you have an intestacy hearing to find out who are the family members. Like, does it have to be blood family? What's considered family in well, Texas? Well, you'll, we'll, we'll, we'll okay. talk about it when we get the— we Okay, can, we'll yeah, do, yeah, yeah. We can, Print out, and I can read that to you. Okay. Of who is, who's considered a family. Okay. So you go to the court. You have to have an intestacy hearing to see who, who is the family member. Yeah. And that, so, and then the court has to assign someone to be to look out for the unknown heirs. Oh. Because right? there could okay. be uh, someone out there who is also entitled under the statute, like it says, Joe Blow died. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it gets it. And, and let's say he didn't have any kids. It was going to go to his kids. And we know he has two kids, but he might have more kids. Oh, yeah. So we need someone to do the work of finding those if there are, quote unquote, unknown heirs. Mm. So I did quite a bit of that work. So in the, the court appointed work. OK. So finding out and then presenting to the court your story. I didn't find anyone or your, your honor. This is how the property we believe should be divided mm-hmm. uh, between what they have in their estate and what the statute says. And a lot of times we have to create these pie charts, colored pie charts, yeah. because it gets comp- so complicated with the different relations, especially if there's a second marriage, yeah. there, are, there are kids or there's kids out okay, there. Okay, so in the situation of like saying maybe there's like kids out there that are unknown, but let's flip it and say all of a sudden... Joe Blow dies and this kid appears out of nowhere and is like, oh, that was my dad. How do they make sure? Is it literally just like a DNA test or like what proof yeah, has yeah. to be? It's, so it's literally just a DNA test well, or like what proof has to be given to make sure that they get something or they don't get something that they're not entitled to? Well, you'd, they'd have to prove to the court under a certain test that they are the genetic child of that person okay so then so like let's say joe blow had two kids that were definitely you know dna relatives and then this other one like randomly appears so do they like can the kids like i guess protest that well it would be a hearing and okay, it would so just be a hearing okay. so there would be there would be an Right. But you can avoid all this by writing exactly. your own will. I mean, exactly. the whole point being, if you don't do your work and take care of your family and, and, and give instructions, mm-hmm. there'll be instructions for you. Not making a decision is a decision and it's very expensive and it's messy mm-hmm. and it's exhausting. And so that's what a will is. It's moving your assets, right, mm-hmm. from 
from you, and now it's your estate, to then to your family. So is it more physical assets or liquid or is it everything? Okay. So let's, this is really, really important. Mm -hmm. There are things called probate assets Mm -hmm. and non-probate assets. Okay. Okay. So what's a probate asset? Usually it's a house. It's usually your personal property. Okay. Cars and things like that. So it's like something tangible. Right. That you like can touch in a sense or own. Non-probate is anything that can have a beneficiary, a third party. So for example, bank accounts. Like life insurance. Life insurance. um, You could have uh, retirement benefits, anything that there's a, that can have a third party. So let's say, for instance, I say, I leave all my money to Robin, but the person who I leave as my pay on death is my husband. Who gets it? If I said Robin in my will, but with the bank, I told it was going to be my husband. Who would get it? Oh. It would be my husband because that's third party. It's not a probate asset. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So most people have um, in, in their estate, um, I mean, it, you can have, most people have their house as their largest asset. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite things in the law right now. And it, it came about um, quite a few, um, maybe seven or eight years ago. It's something called a TODD, a TOD, a transfer on deed death. Okay. So what you can do is you can leave your house, take it out of your state, and leave it as someone as the beneficiary. Okay. So how that works? Yeah. I was like, hold on. I was like, wait. So a transfer of deed death. Okay. You have your house. Here's your house. Yes. Okay. It's already either paid for or still on mortgage. Mm -hmm. And let's say I want to leave it to you, Robin. Okay. I would get this form, transfer deed death Mm -hmm. form. I fill out the form and I go to the place where the property is located, where where the, the property office is. Yeah. And I sign and I think you have to pay a certain amount per page. And I say, I want my house when I die to go to Robin and I file it in the property office. Okay. So when I died, that house could go right to you. They would just, you would bring my death certificate. Mm-hmm. They already have the tr- transfer deed on death filed mm-hmm. and they would rewrite the, the uh, deed in your name. Okay, but then I'm still in charge of like the mortgage and everything else yeah, upon that home. If you get it yeah, as Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, yeah, so as is. Right, but okay. if the house is paid off and my house is paid off, I can take it out of my estate and give it to oh, you. Oh, okay, gotcha. So there's, there's lots of little tricks, but yeah, I would say for me, the most, imp- what I would like to do with my clients is usually I have them come in, I say, tell me your, your family situation, what all your assets and, and, and the dynamics and what you want mm-hmm. and who are the three people you trust most. Okay, because let's kind of get into that because I feel like, I know there's a lot of terms whenever it comes to a will. Okay. And also even before that. So like, I know you can also have a medical directive. Okay. So let's, so let's say like I'm, cause also I just went and got my new driver's license and I don't know if they did this forever ago or if it's something new, but they asked me for two emergency contacts and I was like, wait, what? I don't remember that being on there prior. And so I put, cause I don't have like family directly close that would be able to be an emergency contact. So I put two of my best friends, which are also part of like my will beneficiaries, you know, like whatever to take care of things. But so let's say I'm just in a car wreck and that I am unresponsive and say maybe in a coma. I need to have a medical director. Let's say I have a medical directive. Who, like, or if I don't, who is legally in charge of me? Okay. Well, let's, like you said, let's break down these terms yeah. to make it yes. easier. Okay. So we already know what a will is. A will yes. is the instruction to, to, to your beneficiaries, to your family of what you want to do with your assets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's talk about a medical directive, which some people call a living will. Okay. Yes. Okay. A living will is... The individual gets to decide, and, you know, the the slang for this is pull the plug, don't pull the plug. Yes. But that's something only you can do. That's like a DNR. No. No? Okay. Okay, DNR is completely medical. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know, do not resuscitate. That's only a doctor. 
Oh, wait, I thought you could decide if you wanted to be DNR or not. You can, but that's the medical. Okay, In terms gotcha, of gotcha. drawing up okay. your estate plan, it's something called a living will. Okay. Right? So a living will, you are telling your, your doctors, your family, your community, uh, when I no longer want to be kept alive with artificial means. In okay. two circumstances. One is it's um, a terminal disease. And this okay. means you could go into hospice, right? But there's no hope. There's a terminal disease and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And your family says, we don't want to keep that person just yeah. alive with the, we want them to die naturally. Yes. Okay. So there's that terminal disease. The second example is your example of a car accident. Let's say brain dead. Mm-hmm. And we're just keeping the organs alive. There's, there's nothing going on. You are telling your doctors and your family in these two circumstances, under these terms, I want to die peacefully and not okay. be kept alive indefinitely with artificial means. Okay. That's a medical directive. Okay. And no one is your agent for that. You. Okay. You. Okay. Okay. Let's talk. So we have the medical directive or living will. The next thing that you're talking about is a medical power of attorney. Okay, gotcha. Okay, a medical power of attorney is that you are picking someone who can make medical decisions for you when you can no longer make those decisions. Okay. So for example, we'll go back to your car accident. You got into a car accident and they need to take out your spleen. And they're like, well, who do we ask? Yeah. If you have a medical power of attorney, they can ch- they, they sign off on it. Okay. Permission, right? They cannot say, and while you're in there, do this, this, and that. No. Okay, gotcha. This is someone who steps into your shoes, and you have given them the power, they're your agent, to make decisions for you when you cannot make decisions under certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So there's that. The next thing, and that's just your, that's just medical. Yes. That's not live or die. Yeah. Right? So that's one. Then there's medical power of attorney. And then the next one, which is, I feel the most essential document out there. Okay. And you, everyone has heard the story about Britney Spears and the guardianship. Yes. And I'll kind of unpack that a little bit. The me, the, the, the power of attorney, uh, or the, they're called the statutory power of attorney, is someone steps into your shoes, so you have to be alive. It goes away when you die. It doesn't exist. Okay. They step into your shoes, and they can make financial decisions on your behalf when you're no longer able to make them. Okay. Okay. Now, there's a lot of moving parts in that power of attorney. What are those moving parts? One is, when do you want it to take effect? Immediately? You yeah. want someone to make decisions for you right now? Yeah. Or do you want it upon incapacity? Does that make sense? Gotcha. The other moving big parts are, how much power do you want to give this person? Do you want to give them all these powers? And, and the statute lines out all these different say, powers. I was going to say, is it all listed out? Yeah, it's listed okay. out. So do you want to give these all these decisions? Can you, you give like three examples of like what decisions would be? Can they um, can they buy and sell? Can they buy and sell um, your property? Like while you're like say in a coma? Yeah, because oh. you're giving them because think of it. If, yeah. if you are in a coma, right? Mm-hmm. And you might come back, you might not come back and things are coming due, right? Who's going to yeah. pay your bills? Yeah. Who can write? write checks for you. Yeah. Right. So you're allowing someone to be your power of attorney. You may step in and take care of my financial duties when I am no longer able or capable, or you can do it now because I'm going out of the country. You can do a lot Mm -hmm. or you can do very little. Okay. Right. So you could pay bills, you can deposit checks, you can change beneficiaries, um, you can um, sign contracts. So you get to decide how many powers you want to give them. And usually when people do it, um, it's a list and you, you give the regular. But there's also something called the hot power, which is pretty recent. And that's giving someone the absolute power to do anything. And oh. that's very, very... Would you recommend someone does no. that? Okay. I, I was going to say, I was like, that sounds scary to me. Yeah. So, I, I mean, there's two schools of thought here, right? So mm-hmm. it depends. Everything depends on the circumstances of the people's situation. So there's yeah. no, that's the problem when people go online and do these, is that you might have the, the, the information there, but you don't have the education and the experience to yeah. understand all the problems that can be there. Just for example, you know, if you have a, 
scalpel, it doesn't make you a surgeon. If you have the form, it doesn't make you a lawyer. So you have to kind of know how these are very, very powerful documents that then become law, really. Okay, so whenever you're thinking about putting people in charge of these things, I feel like a lot of people would initially want to make like their parents or a family member like the person that's in charge. However, I feel like most people also, whenever they're making, say, a will or any of these, you know, decisions, you have to remember that these are people that you're most likely going to outlive. So at what point do you say, like, I'm not going to make my, you know, mom or dad who's in their 80s the person to decide this because whenever something actually happens, they're probably not going to be here. So that's the part where it's important to have a really good uh, estate planning attorney because we're attorneys and counselors at law. So I would want to know, you know, to help you make that decision. Of course, it's your decision. Where are they located? You know, what's their capacity? Are they sophisticated? Are they able to handle this? What have you? I always ask my clients, have you spoken to the people that you want to appoint as your agents with them? Have you asked them? And some people might say, don't put me down. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be put down. You know, I I think that's something that needs really discussed because I feel like I've offered to, especially all my friends with kids. I'm like, I don't have kids. I've never planned on having kids. I love ant life, but heaven forbid something happened to a single one of my friends. I was like, I will take care of your kids. Right. So I would do it in a heartbeat for any of them. That's a form we can talk about, but that's a different form. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm just saying like, I feel like instead of just saying like, oh, this is who it's going to be and not discussing it with them, like you said, like, why would you not go with someone who is like volunteering to be like, no, let me do that for you in the worst case scenario. Right. You know? I I really suggest, unless they think it will cause huge conflict, but better to deal with it now. Exactly. Right, is to have a very honest, mature discussion with your family and mm-hmm. discuss your wishes. This is what I want to do. So in terms of, we'll get to, that's a different document. Yes. But uh, in terms of the power of attorney, it doesn't have to be your family. It's someone you completely trust to step in. You'd give them a yeah. key to your house. You'd let them know where your money is. You just know you can absolutely trust them. Yeah. It could be a family. doesn't actually have to be a family. You can even have a, a company do it for you. Like, that's, that's what a trust yeah. company does. Like, mm-hmm. they step into that role. They could work in conjunction with the family or do it as a trustee. Yeah. A trustee. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, that's the power of attorney. Remember, you're stepping into the shoes mm-hmm. And you, as the person, get to choose how much power and when it should be, we call it either, you know, it's a springing power or it's an, an, or it's an immediate power. Okay. You get to decide what you want to do. Now, we talked about there's two schools of thought. Let's say a very elderly uh, couple comes in and they're, they're, one is kind of starting to becoming forgetful and have Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. You might want at that point say, it might... Sh- Maybe we want to do it immediately. Yeah. Right? Because you can only sign these documents if you have capacity. Yes. You understand. Once that capacity is gone. I feel like everyone's heard that terminology where they're like, I'm of the right mind and body to like, you know. So that means that you understand what you own, your decisions, who you are, what you want done. Mm -hmm. You can't make a decision if you don't have that ability. And you can't give that to someone else if you don't have that ability. Well, that's just like how you brought up the Britney Spears thing okay. with the like guarantee. What is it? A guarantorship or right, right. guardianship or guardianship? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, guardianship, so like that is right. like they said basically she wasn't of the right mind, and so someone basically her father like got. It sounds bad, but almost like possession custody right. of her and her everything. Right. And so that's what we, we in, in the law, sometimes we talk about a power of attorney, mm-hmm. medical power of attorney, and then a statutory power of attorney as soft guardianship. Because okay. you're in charge of someone's yeah. body in case they need it and someone's money. And it sounds like in that case that she was um, having issues. So her father went to the court and said, she's not in her capacity. I want to be assigned. Mm-hmm. And for some reason they allowed it. Yeah. Um, so you want to be really, you want to pick the people that you trust. Yes. And you usually pick a first person. If they can't do it, a second person. If they can't do it, a third person. So okay. you, you can have Can alternates. you make like co, 
you in can, a sense. But here's here's the issue that happens with having making someone a co-agent. Uh, sometimes it gets litigated because those people can't decide together. Okay. They start arguing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like putting two steering wheels in a car. Mm-hmm. So some there are some schools of thought where or some situations where that makes sense. So again, I can't give an absolute answer. That's why yeah. these things you have to find out what's going on in the family, what the people's wishes are, what's the dynamic. What's the discussion? Yeah. What's the maturity See, level? The, the, I really think the biggest thing that I'm happy about doing this is these are the conversations like I want people to be having. Right. It's like I just like we said earlier, it's awful to talk about in a sense. But at the same time, just as you said, you either get to decide now or someone else is deciding for you. Like that. It's just wild to me. Yeah. And it's hard. And that's why it takes someone who says, okay, I'm an adult. Mm -hmm. I want to have this discussion. I want to take care of my family. And, you know, there are many philosophies saying that life actually feels better after you make the decision. Yeah. After you decide you are realized you are mortal and you will die, that life takes on more meaning. You Mm -hmm. know, when I say to people, what's going to happen, you know, if you die? And they go, well, if. And I said, it's not an if. Yeah. Sadly not. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's empowering and it's it's so respectful mm-hmm. of your turn, your life. And the other thing is what I've also seen of why you don't why you don't want to have your family go through your things is because they're going to say, I think she has a will. We're going to go through everything she's ever written. Oh, my God. And that happens all the time. And, you know, later on, maybe in other stories, we can talk about some of those family stories of the conflicts and why. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine. It's horrible. Oh, I believe it. And like just the things that would be uncovered. I don't want, uh, well, first of all, okay. Let me ask this one question real fast. Let's say like in my circumstance, personally, I do not want my, I don't think it'll happen, but like, I don't want say my father or stepmother to have anything to do with anything. And I'm afraid that just because it's technically the only blood parent I have left, that if I don't have everything written down to like the T, somehow he's going to get to make a decision. Is that something if you don't want anyone involved in anything, you should be putting in your wills as well? Well, remember, a will is giving assets. Oh, yeah. Okay. So like, but is there anywhere that you would write that? You are such a lucky person. Because there happens to be an exact document on point, and it's called uh, Guardian in Case of Later Incapacity. And okay. On, in this document, you can say, in case something happens, my yeah. power of attorney doesn't work or my medical power of attorney, I want these people to be in charge or I want the court to know that I, I would like these people to be in charge mm-hmm. and have that discussion beforehand. This is the best part. You ready for this part? You can put in that document. And these people may not. Yeah, be like, I want them far, far away from me. No, and no, I'm saying in the document, they cannot apply for guardianship of you if there is a document that says they have been excluded. Because if you look in the statute, and I I can't, I I don't have it in front of me, of course, but it says something like, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, if you owe someone money, Mm -hmm. if you're a felon, or if you've been excluded, that's your document. That's what they're talking about. You want that document. So, so far, let's talk about, we talked about the will. Mm-hmm. We talked about that's moving assets. Yes. Right? Then we have the, pow- then we have the medical directive. Yes. Living will. Then we have, have medical the, power of attorney. Med- then we have the statutory power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Then we have what you just talked about, which is guardianship in case of later incapacity, mm-hmm. which is kind of covering you in case one of those other powers yeah. fails. Then the next one that's really important and actually gets litigated more often than you'd imagine is something called agent in charge of remains. So let's say- Is this basically like if you're going to be cremated or not? Right. So because people can argue about this, right? They're saying, no, we want to have a big funeral. No, she wanted to be cremated. No, she wanted to be put in a tree. No, she wanted to be sprinkled in the ocean. You are assigning this to someone who who can take it to court and prove that they have been assigned this responsibility. Argument over. Okay, so now let's say this. Let's say I don't, I do not have that currently, but I know everyone, everyone that's listening knows also how I feel about being cremated. And it is a hard no for me because 
My mom was cremated and I ate some of her ashes when we were scattering her. So, yeah. Um, I do not want to be cremated. Then you so, need to make your... No, and I do. But let's say I never get that. Is Can someone take this episode in and be like, she didn't want to be cremated? What? 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 I it's mean, me. I know. It's but me you, saying it. That's why you need the document. It really has to be in writing. Even though it's like my voice saying like, my name is Robin Reisenhoover and I do not want to be cremated under any circumstance. Well, I mean, that could be very helpful, but I wouldn't bet my life on it. Yeah. How's that? Okay. So that's wild. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I mean, my husband and I did this, we bought um, our plots. Yeah. And we put it with our documents. So we already have that. So, mm -hmm. so if you know what you want, why wouldn't you want to make all the arrangements I just here. didn't even know that was like another form. Yeah, that's another Yeah. That's crazy. No one will I mean, you saying it now. So it's an agent of remains. Yeah. And you could look on my that website. That sounds kind of like a cool title, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's interesting, but like it sounds cooler than it is. Oh, I I think it's a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go to my website which is crystalestateplanning.com I lay out all the different documents that we've been talking about. Okay. Um, and then the other one, we also didn't talk about a HIPAA release form, which is really oh, important. Oh, yes. Okay. So some of these can be combined, some of them not, depending on what the family circumstance. But I want to talk about one more yeah. that's really, really important, and that is for your children. Yes, please. Okay. So for the children, you'd, you create, there's, um, there's a form that we have in Texas law that is um, guardianship in case of later incapacity or death, mm -hmm. right? Obviously, it's your death. Yeah. So you get to pick who you would like the court to appoint as guardians, and you get to decide, obviously, because it's always divided, right, mm -hmm. between the medical, the body, and yeah. the money. Or the, the person, we call it the person, and the estate. And in that document, you can also list you don't want okay good but and this is, is actually I get this question a lot and I, I understand it but uh, I want to make it clear if a couple is married and then they get divorced and they share custody or they they're share custody yeah. you can't tell court that the father or the mother can't have the kids because they have yeah. the right they have custody even if they, they have share. like say like the circumstance I brought up earlier about say an alcoholic father well, unless the court has deemed them an unfit parent. Then, okay. Right? Yeah. Because they're still the parent, right? And this is all till, in, in Texas, this is all until <sighs> they're 18. Yeah. Right? That's just so crazy to me. Yeah, but the more you know, yeah. the better it is. No, you know, absolutely. These, these are not uh, complex forms, but you have to understand the information and it's out there for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to talk to someone who, who has been doing this type of work and understands it. And yes. Really just kind of focus on this. Yes. Okay. So at what age minimum would you recommend someone start doing these things? At 18. 18. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, the most, like we talked about, you want to have, um, you want to have a power of attorney, medical mm -hmm. power attorney, medical directive, and again, a will. But even if you don't have a will, like this, the state has yeah. created one statutorily. Um, what is an average budget for something like this? It completely depends on the attorney. Um, and what, what I have learned in my practice after doing this um, for quite a few years is I like to do a flat fee. Okay. Because. Which seems real, like. Right. The best deal. Right. So you know what you're paying and it's all inclusive because otherwise you're paying per document or per time and mm -hmm. you have questions back and forth. Yeah. So, you know, um, having a budget in mind is, is, is one of the criteria. It shouldn't be the only, you okay. know, I've, yeah. I've had people call me and then say, Oh, well that that's too expensive. And we're putting a deck in or we're, we're doing something be like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is depending on, um, you know, what you're able to do. I, I think it's crucial. And I understand that funds are important, but this is going to be paid out of your estate anyway. Yeah. And it's going to be expensive. So, you know, it's going to vary. It's What's gonna, like starting, would you say? 
it really, I just, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, some people. Would you say like a thousand and up? Or is it like, I mean, I know it sounds like, it sounds crazy for like papers, but it's also like, well, no, it covers a lot more than right, that. But let's say a yeah. marriage certificate is a paper and you're divorced. Mm-hmm. You know why they say yeah. divorces are so expensive? Why? They're worth it. Um, Amen. <laughs> so you're not paying necessarily for the paper. You're paying for all the law behind it. You're yeah. creating, Robin, really, your own law. Yeah, exactly. This is the law of me. This yeah. is how I want things done. I like thinking of it that way. Yeah. Everyone, th- I think, should think of it that way. Yeah, the law of me. And who doesn't want a law of me? Well, just, and I just, in like the last episode, I said, like, it's like, I'm doing it my way. Like, it's just necessary, I feel like, for people especially when it comes to like your life, like live your life the way you want and whatever else. But if it comes down to it, especially in a circumstance where like your control is taken away, then why not still get your way and whatever out of it? Well, absolutely. And people are like, you know, control freaks and then leave this yes. one thing. It's sort of like having a boat, right? They have the financial planner, they have the house, and then they don't have any, any plan, any map. Yeah. Your estate plan is your map. It's your personal map based on your yeah. values, your family, and your goodwill. Mm-hmm. So there are, you know, so when you say how much does it cost? Well, it depends. I mean, if you're going to go to really high end, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. where they have lots of attorneys and and associates and you're paying their rent and it's, you yeah. know, and people want that. They want an old fashioned, you know, generations yeah. of family attorney and that, so you're going to pay for that. Mm-hmm. So I think that should be one thing you look at, but it should also be only one thing. Mm-hmm. You should also consider who it is. Do you feel comfortable? Do you trust them? You have to be completely honest with your state attorney. You have to tell them everything. everything. Yeah. Right. Because if you don't, it's like why it's 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 actually a waste. It's like writing in your journal and not writing the truth. Yeah. Why would you lie to yourself? Yeah, exactly. So then how often should like all of these forms be updated? And is that something that's included typically in like pricing? Like, let's say I wrote one tomorrow, but obviously 20 years down the road, maybe something's changed. But like, do I only have to do it every time something changes or like what is the best like practice there? Okay, so there are triggering events. So let's yeah. say you're married and you leave your husband as everything and then yeah. you get divorced. That becomes void. Oh, it becomes void? The hus- like if, you, if you say, I leave my husband, John, as my um, executor and yeah. you get divorced, that's no longer. Okay. Because he's not your, your husband. husband. Okay, right. good. So divorce, remarriage. Um, any major change, mm-hmm. right? Or if the people you chose no longer want to do it, yeah, be the agents or be your executors or be your trustees. Is that something that like you can just be like, hey, I just need a name change? Or is it something like, say it's just one form, like that you need a name changed? Is, or do you have to like pay for it and do it all over again? Like, has, do these forms have to be submitted no. somewhere? Oh, okay, so the way it works, you can, you can actually file them with the court. But they're not just if you if you think of them as um, think of them as your laws. Okay. So if laws are going to be changed, mm-hmm. we either do an addendum, or, okay. or, or in a in a will, it's called a codicil, which is just a fancy way of saying an update to okay. it. But sometimes you want to have to do you want to change everything. So it's yeah. going to depend on if you ch- if you move to different states. Okay. Right, because there's different laws in different states. For yeah. example, in Texas. We have something called an independent um, executor, right? Okay. An independent executor, which is important to use that magic magic phrase, so you don't have a dependent executor, meaning you have to get court permission to do certain gotcha. things. So if you move states, um, if you get married, divorced, your circumstances vastly change, or the people that you've chosen you no longer want. Mm-hmm. So you know it's something you're going to re-examine when those major life events happen. Um, But it's, um, it's something I I think should be, you know, people laugh about it and they make jokes about it, but um, a will really is what is your love, your 
last wish of how you want to be remembered. Yeah. And there are many stories about people who, you know, made it such a mess that the family will say, oh my gosh, it took years to clean that up. Yeah. What a nightmare. And Mm -hmm. that in many ways becomes someone's legacy. Oh, that's so true to think about. That's so sad. Yeah. 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 In fact, I actually heard this story about someone, uh, it was her stepmom and she didn't leave a will and, and she wanted, and it was just an absolute mess. And then they wound up cremating her and the, and the, and the remains just wound up in her closet. She was so full of resentment, you know, of yeah. having to clean up this mess and having to, 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 to work through the estate settlement. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I love this kind of work because I feel as if it's, helping generations to come and it's, it's helping people who want to take care of their family. Mm-hmm. And it's not about, it's not just about passing down wealth as you've as yeah. we've talked about. It's also about safeguarding yourself. I mm-hmm. mean, what if hell is actually being conscious and the wrong people doing things and yeah. you can see it, but not do anything about it. Mm-hmm. In fact, once in, uh, when I was in Austin, I was called in from this family. There's a, a young man. He was in his 30s, and he got Guillain-Barre, you know, which is uh, kind of a locked-in syndrome. Mm-hmm. Right? He became, like, almost paralyzed, but his yeah. brain was still working. And they weren't sure he'd come back from it. Uh, and the family hired me to come in and write his will with, like, uh, you know, trying to communicate with him. Is that legal? Well, I felt he had capacity and oh, okay. he understood. I was like, that's, I was like, that's, I feel like that would be so confusing. Well, what a lawyer needs to do is make sure that the person who is having their will drawn has testimony capacity. Okay. And this man could communicate a little bit. Was he like, like blinking? He like, could blink. So he he like, could make some movements. He could point to uh-huh. things. There was nothing wrong with his brain functioning Mm -hmm. is very clear of it. Um, It was just that he couldn't, he was, you know, kind of stuck in this state. Oh man, that's awful. Yeah. And so, you know, he was really imperative and it was at the hospital and it was his parents were there and it got really expensive, you know, and I, and uh, you know, we, we got it written and the man actually came out of it and he, he was fine. Yeah. But waiting to the last minute, I also got, um, another situation where somebody who was pregnant gave me a call and she said, I'm going to go in, I'm going to have my second baby and I want to do my estate plan. I said, great, you know, I'll send you the, the intake form. Let me know when you're ready. We can meet and discuss it. And then I didn't hear from them. Yeah. And I wrote to them, are you interested? And then I, I wrote to them again and I said, okay, I guess they're not. Kind of put them in my, you know, they're not interested pile. And then I get a call and I remember exactly where I was in a parking lot and she was calling me from St. David's Hospital in, in Austin, and she was having a very high-risk pregnancy, and they weren't sure she'd make it. Oh, my gosh. And she wanted to know if I would come to the hospital and draft her estate plan. Terrifying. And she said, the doctors are being too nice to me here. I know, you know, it's kind of risky. She had very, 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 I can't remember the exact name of it. It was, uh, the placenta was grown into her organs oh my gosh so they had you know lots of surgeons there Mm -hmm. um to get the baby and to make sure she was okay but we wound up drafting them in the hospital yeah um and thank god she sent me a picture the baby was fine she was fine but it was a very 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 painful much better to have it done before a circumstance like that than it's because i feel like even then like you still like yeah, you're, you have capacity, but you're also stressed. Absolutely. Like how traumatizing. So horrible, horrible, horrible. I thank you so much because I feel like this is spot on with a lot of things that I know a lot of people need to know. And I know that we can obviously deep dive more into all of these, especially anything that y'all are super interested in hearing about. Um, and I know that you have so much more to offer as well versus just the estate planning alone. Um, and also I would encourage everyone to contact you. I know you gave your website earlier, so that's good. Um, but before we end, sadly, because I know we could sit here and talk forever and you're going to come back, but can you give like something a little bit lighter, like maybe a funny story about like, what's one of the dumbest things you've seen like disputed 
in court through like a will or something like that. Okay. So I do believe that when people a lot of times do go to court to fight over something, a lot of times it's about love. You, that's like the initial reason you think people go? They feel as if they weren't loved enough or okay. they were pushed yeah. out. So I was called as um, like the third or fourth uh, attorney to a, a case where the mother had divided her estate. And this is, she had bought a real estate in downtown Austin, like, like 70 years ago. Okay. Because the, the son and the, one of the sons, well, I won't give any identifying information, <laughs> but anyway, the mother had left it to these two sons, 45, 55. Oh. And because of that, I mean, this is not funny, but because of that, um, they, the one who got the 45%, Went to court and protested it. Yeah. Did he just want 50 or like? It just, he felt like, what is going on? And when anyone wants to do kind of that with me, I always say like, I- I'm not comfortable. I mean, th- this is not, the, a will is not a way to get back at someone. It shouldn't yeah, be a vind- no. But it, it shouldn't be. Oh, a, I can only imagine. It shouldn't be a vindictive um, document. Yeah. And if it's something is a bit unfair, I think it's important to explain it. Maybe not in the document, because I don't know if you know this, but the document. Oh, well, I'll tell you. Okay. You can only have one will, right? Okay. Right? Because it's the original. Yeah. The original, right? Because you can only have one passport, like American passport. You can't have two pass- two American passports mm-hmm. at the same time, right? You have one. Okay. Right? So, um, I don't know if this is funny, but someone came in and I said, do you have the original? And the person said, yes, I have five originals. Okay. Wait, what? Right, you can't have five. You can only have the original. So does the original become just the, like the most current? Okay, the original is the one that is current, and that's the one that gets filed with the court, because remember, a will becomes a public yes. document. Yeah. And a trust is doesn't necessarily have to become a public document. And we can talk about the difference yeah. between a trust and a will. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get into that. Yes, but so that becomes um, that becomes public. Oh, gosh. So be careful what you write in it. And there are a lot of famous people who didn't leave wills. And their estate was such a mess that there were textbooks written on it. Like, stop. Mark Rothko. He did not leave. Even he didn't not leave. He didn't leave a will. Also, Prince. Prince didn't leave a will? No. <gasps> Prince, no. Prince, no. So, you know, it, it's not necessarily, I can't emphasize this enough, just about money. It's about your map. Yeah. It's about your integrity and it's about what you want. Mm-hmm. There's no better gift. So when you're talking about the holidays, yeah, holidays bring about lots of happy, sad, and there's drama, yeah. but it might be an opportunity to have that talk That's with what I was going to say. I was like, I feel like this is the time to be like, hey, let's have some serious conversations about like life. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and, and death is part of life. It's not a failure. Only in America is it a failure. Yeah, exactly. It's part of life. So anyway, I want to thank you, Robin. It's been so much fun. I, know, I, I was a, like, I'm. Uh, here's the thing is I know we could just keep going, but I feel like we just need to wrap it up now so that way we can have you come back because I feel like now people can ask specific questions based on kind of what we've talked about. And then also we can dive into more because there's just so much here. Absolutely. To like go into. Absolutely. I'd love so, that. So I was like, I'm very excited. Thank you so much for coming. I was like, I knew it would be easy to talk to you ever since we like first connected. So I appreciate it. And My I'm pleasure. just so excited to do this again. Me too. Thanks. So um, everyone listening, make sure that you go check out her website. So that way, if you are interested in any type of estate planning, she can help you. Um, make sure you tell her that you heard about it on Corks and Cowtown. And then, um, yeah. If you have questions, comments, concerns, as always, please write in and let me know. And you know that we'll get the questions out there, the right people, and we'll do whatever we can. But until then, cheers.